What the people who fail do is they take the easy route. So it's very important that we choose the right route. And I believe that one of the key routes that we can be coaching and building our young leaders with is to have an ownership mindset. Welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I'm Scott Young. Our co-host Dave Donaldson is out on assignment, but I'm glad that you are a part of an incredible conversation we're going to have today. Sort of about the generations, you know, the largest generation in our nation now is not the baby boomers, not the Gen Z, not Gen Y, not Gen X. It's the millennials. The millennials are really the children of the baby boomers, born in the 80s and 90s. Some people define it a little closer to uh, 81 to 96, but they are a predominant factor in culture and society. If you're going to lead anything, you're going to sell anything. If you're going to grow any kind of organization, you have to know about the millennials. And our guest today, Danita Bai, has written a fascinating book, uh, called Millennials Matter, which are proven strategies for building your next-gen team. She's given a fascinating TED Talk that you can look up on millennial leadership. Her graduate degree is in leadership. Uh, she grew up in the great state of North Dakota on the beautiful Triple T Ranch, a little bit of heaven on earth. And after spending 30 years in Minnesota, she's returned to North Dakota and she does a variety of things, including serving on the North Dakota State Board of Higher Education. She's been married to Gordon for 38 years, and he's a fascinating character in himself. <laughs> they have um, three children, six grandchildren, and Danita, I want to welcome you to the Influencers Podcast. Ah, well, I am so honored uh, to be here, and um, we're going to have a great conversation, even though Dave isn't here. We will do our best in his absence. Uh, what, what, you, millennials, you've done a lot of reading, studying. Uh, what is unique about leading millennials or reaching millennials? So there are a lot of things that are unique. I would submit that the things that are most important are actually foundational things. Hmm. Um, uh, for example, um, uh, so recently I did an article on courageous leadership and um, I was tying some of the experiences that our daughter Danae had in climbing mm -hmm. Mount Kilimanjaro with mm -hmm. our practical leadership day-to-day -day experiences. One of the things that she found was so important in making certain um, that she got to the top, that she actually summited, is that she had a right guide. Mm -hmm. And the right guide is someone who is trustworthy. And so, you know, as we look at it, that could be kind of a, a fancy, uh, you know, it's not a fancy thing. It's, it's, foundational in that we as leaders are trustworthy uh, in terms of how we communicate and how we live. My master's is in uh, transformational leadership. What I love about transformational leadership is that leadership starts with the character of the leader. Mm -hmm. It actually starts deeper than that. It starts with 
the relationships that the uh, leader has with God, with themselves Mm -hmm. and others, and the character flows out of that. So that doesn't necessarily answer your question in terms of what's unique, uh, but it does begin to focus on um, what are the core solid things that we need to be focusing on as leaders. Do Do you think millennials trust easily or does trust have to be earned? Uh, and is it difficult to earn their trust in order to lead and work with them? Uh, no, they do not trust easily. Okay. I mean, if, if you, Scott, if you think about even the transition in trust that has happened within our lifetime, mm-hmm. that uh, trust has eroded in all major institutions, trust has eroded in all media. Um, And along with that, trust has eroded with anybody that's older than them because they see that we've bought the problems on. And so so that's why we as leaders, um, it's a continual challenge to look at ourselves and are we leading, you know, leading with clarity and competence and uh, character um, to always taking a double check on ourselves so that we provide that firm foundation. So it is going to be earned. It is not going to be given. Is it different than uh, the 60s would say, well, there was a generational gap and the generation before us didn't understand us. And so there was a lot of casting off of restraint and uh, uh, is it the same or is it different? Or does this happen in every generation or is it more unique to the millennials? That's a great question. It does happen in every uh, generation. And I believe that it is accelerated by everything that's happening in the culture currently. Mm. Um, mm. I call it a era of exponential growth. And if we think about everything that's, um, all the changes that are happening, whether it's financially, uh, medically, technically, cars drive themselves. I have a robot that cleans my house. Uh, You know, I was reading the other day that you can order a DNA change kit. If you don't like the way If you don't like yourself, you can order a changed DNA kit. I mean, it's crazy. So, you know, we uh, we have all those incredible changes that are happening. We have chat GPT that, you know, some say is going to, uh, you know, have exponential positive growth for society and others are saying it's... uh, our demise. So you have all this um, rapid change that's happening, This, which is exciting for some. Uh, and for others, it's terrifying. Mm. And it, no matter who we are, and I think especially for the millennials and for next-gen leaders, um, it, uh, it's just, it's like a constant state of fear. Mm. Um, one there's a uh, a book uh 
United States Affair, Dr. Mark McDonald, and he says something about fear that I believe is important uh, for us as leaders to understand. And here's what he says. When fear is the predominant emotion, it overpowers every other feeling. It overpowers love. It overpowers hate. It paralyzes rational faculties. It makes it impossible to think. Mm -hmm. So if we think of all these changes that are happening in the world around us and this um, under, you know, this underlayment of fear that's happening. Um, I, I believing, I believe we're we're living at a time where this is an even um, greater level of stress on young leaders than it was in the '60s. So they would need a fear would be a, a negative emotion. I would think that needs healing. So how can we help, pray for, coach, counsel? How do we help a generation deal with the pandemic of fear they seem to be facing? Uh, that's a great question. And uh, we've really been working through that with my um, recent um, article series uh, mm -hmm. on courageous leadership. And as I mentioned, what had sparked this with uh, my daughter's uh, Danae climb to the top of Kilimanjaro, mm -hmm. um, she discovered in her research that 50% of the people who start the climb don't make it. Wow. They fail, 50%. That's astounding to me. And so as in her research, uh, she found that there were uh, three reasons that they fail. Um, they have the wrong route, they have the wrong mindset, and they have the wrong guide. Mm. And as I think about how do we, um, how do we mentor, how do we coach, how do we build up the young leaders that are in our sphere of influence. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that those are three things that we can do, that we can um, help them uh, have a, the right route, the right mm -hmm. mindset, and the right guide. So what Danae learned with the wrong route is when you're, have you climbed Kilimanjaro? I haven't, I've seen it, but not climbed it. <laughs> have you climbed some others? Machu Picchu. <laughs> okay. So uh, quite an adventure and quite an accomplishment. Congratulations. Um, well, what, what she talks about is that within a very short time frame that you're going from, a, you know, bushland to rainforest to, uh, you know, there's like six or seven climate changes until you mm -hmm. end up at the top where no plant or animal life can sustain itself. Mm -hmm. And so what uh, the people who fail do is they take the easy route. They take the easy route and they're, they don't give their bodies time to acclimate and to be able to really utilize the oxygen. 
So it's very important that we choose the right route. And I believe that one of the key right routes that we can be coaching and building our young leaders with um, is to have an ownership mindset. My core field of experience is working with sales leaders. And as we've looked at over 2 million salespeople, one of the things that we've discovered is that those who are successful year after year after year after year don't blame the economy, they don't blame the market, they don't blame their boss, they don't blame the marketing department, they don't blame fill in the blank. They will always say, what might I do to uh, hit my numbers? What might I do to communicate more effectively? What might I do to build my skill level? They're always looking at how uh, they might um, build their own capacity. Mm -hmm. 60% of the salespeople don't do that. 60%. And I believe that that is a um, kind of a, I'll call it a core flaw of our culture. Okay. We love to play the blame game. And so uh, it becomes important for us as leaders to be able to coach an ownership mindset. And as we do that, um, that helps to uh, curb fear and it helps mm -hmm. to build confidence. So uh, that's uh, one key coaching tip. So, so if a millennial, you, you're, you have one on your team or you're trying to like get better leadership into them and they are, well, you know, they're blaming, they're, it's not that this, my socks were stuck in the wall, whatever the excuse <laughs> <That's right>. is. <laughs> but how do you then, okay, say, okay, let's just address, how do we get, turn on the lights, I guess. The ownership mindset, I like that uh, wording even. How do we turn the lights on and go, oh, no, no. There's something you can do to shift your perspective, the way you look at it, and really own the emotion you're having in this moment. How do we do that? Well, the, the way that I've done it uh, that has been um, successful as I've been managing and leading teams is, you know, obviously you're going to, I hear you, you know, mm -hmm. et cetera. And then it really is to ask, a, I call it a, a, a catalytic question. Okay. Which is what might you do to fill in the blank, whatever needs to be done. And, um, uh, and that question is power packed. The first word of that question is what? It's mm -hmm. not who, it's not why, it's what. Mm -hmm. The next word is might. You know, I'm not looking for, you know, 
uh, one solid reason. Let's start brainstorming. Let's, you know, let's be creative. Yeah. So uh, what might you do to, and that's just a, a, a power packed question. I, I think it's worth people listening to what we've done so far just to get that question because that would unlock a lot of conversations with a lot of uh, young leaders. You may have them on your team. So just listen to the question again. What might you do? <laughs> Not what has to change in culture, society, the alignment of the stars. What might you do to fill in the blank? Right. So that's a great, great question. Um, so you've said they, they shouldn't always choose the easy route because they don't, that's, that may be, that may not come out. They may have the wrong mindset. And I think we talked a little bit about the right kind of guide, but I think, I think millennials are, well, let me pose the question rather than say what I think. Are millennials looking for mentors or not? The data says that they are looking for mentors. They're looking for coaches. They're they're looking for uh, people who can come alongside them um, as they uh, work through the this process of life. Mm. Um, they are not looking for teachers that tell them what to do. They are looking for people who are going to come alongside and um, ask them questions. You know, it was interesting as I was preparing for our conversation today, Scott, um, I was reviewing um, uh, how, how Danae talks about this guide. And mm -hmm. here's what she says. It was on the final day of our hike. My headlamp goes out. My guide sees this and without a word, he hands me his. Mm. And, you know, I, I got even choked up as I read that. And I thought, um, how we as leaders, are we walking alongside those young people? or the young leaders that are coming up and around us in our sphere of influence. And what does it look like that without a word, we're going to extend a hand and help them? I don't know, I, I don't know the answer, but it was just, it was compelling to me uh, to think about that we would be so invested um, in their success that we're going to give out the headlamp when, when theirs goes out. I, I think that's called servant leadership. Mm. And I think Ken Blanchard wrote an endorsement for your book. He did. That was a memory I was stretching for. So, uh, and he is just huge yes. on servant leadership. And it may be a key for us just to, um, consider our relationships with millennials and ask ourselves, am I serving like just a beautiful metaphor? Am I taking my lamp off and handing it without a word to the generation that really needs it? Just seeing the need and, and, and just asking 
how can I step in and how can I serve? So, well, and you think, if I could, Scott, yeah, go ahead. just quickly, just as we yeah. continue to think through that, it is, uh, and perhaps this is part of the art of leadership, is that we're not um, uh, giving the headlight too soon, the headlamp too okay. soon. Mm-hmm. And we're not giving okay. it too late, you know, and there's that, you know, I'll call it kind of, uh, it's the art of leadership and it might be listening to the Holy Spirit. Yes. In terms yeah. of how we help uh, and nurture them along. So. And I think our real model um, in um, servant leadership, of course, is Jesus. Yeah. Um, I think he teaches us that the greatest among you is the one that serves. I like to ask the question constantly when I'm in a room, um, how can I serve? What need, what needs to be done in this room? And um, I think maybe I need to be a little, I have a lot of young staff. Of course, all my kids are millennials. <laughs> and uh, I've got a, a young staff I work with and just ask the question, how can I best serve them? I think that's a great question. And then this other question, um, what might you do? <laughs> what might you do about what might you do? <laughs> yes, uh, very much so. You know, I've just finished the series on uh, courageous leadership, and I'm moving okay. into a series um, of uh, on the power of gratefulness in leadership. Okay. And I, um, I had. Uh, uh, maybe about a month ago, I was cleaning out some old files and I uh, found a, a three by five card that I had taped to uh, my wall uh, when I first started my career. I didn't have computers when I first started my career, but <laughs> I did have an old pickup telephone. Um, I was in sales and um, uh, I had read Del Carnegie yep. and the, the, um, it, the key idea I took out of that book was don't criticize, condemn, or complain. Mm-hmm. And if we think about what happens or what we hear, you know, mainstream media, social media, ugh, it's like our world is criticizing, Mm -hmm. condemning, and complaining. And how, so the question is, how do we as leaders uh, counteract that? Um, And I believe that one of the ways that we do that is through, um, and is through gratitude. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that when we can find something to be grateful for, it's a good day and a good moment. And I think it helps us to grow. In fact, you talk about in your metaphor about going up Kilimanjaro, we talk about the fear zone, maybe the learning zone. Then you talk about the growth zone, which I think is where we want to get people to. And what is that growth zone and how can we help people to access it? You know, I just had a a very practical uh, experience uh, on this within the last 24 hours. Uh, last hmm. night I had, a, uh, we had s- some people over, uh, and they gave me a kidney punch comment. <laughs> I was like, whoa. So 
that's where we have a lie in the road. You know, we can either, mm -hmm. you know, criticize, complain, get bitter about that, or mm -hmm. we can take that before the Lord and realize that, um, you know, what, what I ask myself is, how can I take this comment that was meant to break me? How can through the power of the Holy Spirit that be, be used to build me and my leadership and to build me in the character of Jesus Christ? So I believe mm -hmm. that gratitude is what fuels that. And I think we've all had those kidney punch comments. That's not unique to you, but uh, I said they're inevitable, but getting angry over them is optional. And I think you maybe chose the right option. If, if Gord was there, I don't know what he would have done, but because <laughs> he, Gord speaks his mind. That's what I love about him. He does. <laughs> So and let he's me. A, that, he's say, a great I, encourager. I, yeah. <laughs> so we encourage our friends to um, get a hold of the book on millennials and on their leadership or, or anything that um, uh, Danita has been writing. You can go to danitabuy.com and connect with the resources uh, that are available from her pen, the article she publishes in several publications. And uh, I'll just, I'll end with one question. And that would be, if you're looking back on your life, what do you wish you knew sooner that would have made a huge difference in your life? And you just wish you had that lesson sooner. Well, that's a great question. I'll, uh, I'll tell you what I'm processing today. Um, what, <laughs> what, what Should I'm, I uh, you go ahead. No, did you hear the question? I'll say it, restate it. So restate it. The, yeah, the question is that looking back on your life, is what would what you wish you would have known sooner that would have made a huge difference in your life, and you just said that would have been better to know twenty years ago. What I'm processing today is that. Um, there are many uh, desires and dreams that have, that I believe God has put into my heart, the Holy Spirit has put into my heart. And to know that those will be realized in his way and not in my way. And, um, you know, the place where I am right now, I get approached to serve on ah, all different types of boards and, uh, you know, pursue all sorts of venues. And I have a gazillion ideas for books in my mind. And my, I'm at the point now, you know, unless the Holy Spirit is in it, unless it is God's hand in it, I am not going there. It will be frustrating. It will be a waste. Um, it will uh, not deliver uh, long-term results. So the lesson is to earlier to recognize that unless the Lord is in it, don't pursue it. That's great advice. And I took a few notes on our conversation too, and I want to just... Uh... I want to be more intentional about my gratitude. Thank you very much. 
I want to be more intentional, especially when it comes to millennials, uh, being a servant leader. And I want to learn how to ask better questions. And Danita, I want to thank you for being part of the Influencers Podcast. We appreciate you and your family. And uh, we, of course, pray for you. We did that before we began, and we'll continue to pray for you. And for all of our friends that have been listening, make sure that you continue to show up and be a positive influence in the rooms you enter in. Bring hope, bring light, bring joy, bring some gratitude, bring some great questions. Absolutely. And just help the world to be a better place. Thanks so much, Danita. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus. Jesus.